Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. My name is Lorraine Ball, and this morning we have a little bit of a role reversal. Sitting in the guest seat is Peter Wolfgram. Good morning, Peter. Hey, good morning. Peter is our um, project manager and web designer, and Peter is usually manning the Twitter stream, but since we're talking about web design, you get to sit in the guest chair this morning. <laughs> Thanks. It's a good chair. And you fill it well, and taking Peter's place over on the Twitter stream is Allison. So, What's up, everybody? Allison um, is going to be looking for comments on pound MTFW. Um, and she may even pop in with a comment or two of her own as we get into the conversation on web design. So, this morning, when this program started, it was about a year and a half ago, I had had a conversation on more than a few words with Jay Mattingly about web trends and web design and some of the things that we were seeing about a year ago. Mm -hmm. But a lot of things have changed. Yeah, I'd say so. It's moved it's moved pretty fast. We've had the introduction of new operating systems bought from both from both Apple and Microsoft, and those guys are sort of on the bleeding edge of, of uh, interfaces and design and, and that whole world. And uh, I find that they're definitely influencing the way a lot of people are making their websites these days. What kind of design changes are you seeing as a result of some of the uh, the new the, the new operating systems, or just Sort of the general mm -hmm. style trends. Yeah, I think um, one of the some of the newer things that, that uh, we're seeing has to do a lot with what people are responding to well in other places. For instance, if you think about the Apple iPhone, and people are delighted. People are delighted by the interface and the icons and the colors and how um, the, just the way that Apple has designed a lot of those experiences. And it works. So uh, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of, of a copycat kind of um, kind of syndrome there, where you'll, you'll see a lot of websites as well that are that look a little, look a little Apple-y, <laughs> or you can see that clearly the design brief was something like, hey, can you make this look, make this look like an app, make this look like Apple, um, and that's all well and good, uh, because actually what I love about Apple is that it it, it feels there's all these great textures, it looks really rich, um, and it just feels good to use. But um, some of the, you can, you can get too caught up in that and have all kinds of cutesy little textures and your website can look like it was a leather-bound book if you wanted to. Um, but that might be going a little bit too far. Well, and I think sometimes as you're looking at the different design elements, you really have to, I know we have this conversation a lot with clients about whether something adds to the user experience, adds to the brand, the, the brand mm -hmm. or just slows the whole thing down. Yeah, that's the thing about that people kind of don't, um, don't think about is that all of those great pictures and graphics that makes the experience feel like, oh my gosh, I'm interacting with almost a real physical object that sits on the screen, that takes, that takes a lot of resources. And your website might look great, but if it loads slowly, um, you're, you're, you're going to start losing eyeballs and people are going to lose interest, even in, even in the, you know, the 10 or 15 seconds that your website takes to load. 
So um, one of the big, uh, I think one of the big trends we've seen is certainly pictures, pictures, pictures. Oh, yeah. um, they load slowly, but also when you mm -hmm. do them right, how are you seeing pictures being used? Pictures, um, if you'll notice on, a, on Round Peg's portfolio, a lot of the designs that we're doing lately feature large, full-width images that go across um, sort of the top part of the website, just below where the logo and the navigation might be, um, there'll be a great picture of um, hopefully people, people respond to people on the internet, um, but these pictures will often be rotating, sort of like a slideshow. Um, and I use that space quite frequently to feature different parts of the website that might otherwise be buried, but you can spotlight them um, with these great, fantastic images. But uh, one of the things you have to be careful of is that if you've got five fantastic images sliding across your website, uh, your website will load slowly, or it'll take a couple of seconds. And at this point, sort of in you know the march of, of evolution or the march of technology, if you really want those huge pictures, you sort of right now still have to live with a couple seconds of loading time. Um, but in my mind, having those, having those great pictures, it's, it's, it is worth it. And I think that's a, a trade-off. And that was one of the things that we talked about even 18 months ago was sizing your images correctly, mm -hmm. making sure that you get them to 72 DPI, yeah. that they are big so that you're not stretching them, mm -hmm. um, but they are as, basically you, you want to make them as small as possible where they still look good mm -hmm. in the space. Yeah, if you if you want to follow this this design trend and uh, and work with large images, you'll have to you, you do need to yourself a little bit on what exact how exactly these pictures should be formatted for the web, how they should be sized, because pulling something right off your digital camera and putting it right up in that picture area on your website, um, you're going to get unexpected results. So. Yeah. Kind of have to manage that. I always forget to do this at the beginning of the show. If you have questions and you want to call in, the call-in number is 805-285-9865. Um, you're welcome to just call in and listen to the show. Or if you have a question, be sure to push your one key, and that will let me know that you want to join the conversation. There's also a chat room on the Blog Talk Radio site, and of course, you can share a question through Twitter using MTFW. Okay, so big pictures, they're great to catch mm -hmm. people's attention. What other design elements do you see a lot of now on, or mm -hmm. on home pages that maybe is different mm -hmm. than what you've seen in the past? Yeah, I think um, we talked a little bit about Apple and, and, and that sort of style. Um, is coming up with a new operating system. Thank you. 
a little bit of this as well using strong photography as we talked about in sort of in sort of a a more restrained kind of grid whereas in the past we were sort of like oh my gosh can I make my website as like either as realistic as possible or just the way that I want it I want it to look like there's this you know a bunch of Polaroids spread on 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 a team that before um the, the, the trends are sort of coming back around to, to reining in some of that. Um, it, it almost they, they almost look like uh, a little bit like some of the old frame-based websites. They're yeah. not really being built in frames. No they're way, they're yeah. being built in cascading style sheets. But, but you do have sort of these very specific boxes right. on home pages. And so some of, some of the best websites that are doing that... Um, you might think that having sort of those uh, boxes or more regular shapes on a, on a web page might uh, start to get boring or you might lose yourself. I know, honestly, with Pinterest, I can lose my place in Pinterest, but I think that may be the point. Um, but uh, the way that the, these, the best uh, designs coming out of this more grid type of style, they've also got a strong hierarchy where the most important things get the most space or have... Uh, uh, their importance indicated by uh, really strong and defined uh, topography, the, the text or the, the size and shape and color of the words that accompany these um, the different items on, on the home pages. You know, one of the things that um, we had always talked to our customers about was reining in the content mm -hmm. on web pages, um, keeping keeping pages simple yeah. if you have a lot of content go to a second page but some of these some of these sites mm -hmm. really are breaking that rule yeah if um, there used to be sort of a if you remember if you remember newspapers newspapers have uh, a fold to them so there used to be and there still is sort of this principle that your most important things or the things that you want people to see are always above the fold. And on websites, there was sort of this artificial pool um, where it's a point where someone would have to start scrolling to your content. That was sort of the pull. Um, and in web design, the principle was the same. If you want someone to see you, if you want to make sure that someone sees it, put it above the fold. Um, and that was a reigning principle, and it's still great to follow. But some of the some of these newer designs are sort of breaking that. They're sort of get rid of, getting rid of the fold, that artificial um, that sort of artificial uh, little bit there, because I mean, rip, a newspaper is fundamentally different than a website. You know, one of the things I think that's driving some of that is tablets, PCs, smartphones, mm -hmm. and different size monitors. Yeah, so you can not only see more on your screen, but uh, the way that we interact with smartphones and other screen, you know, touchscreen devices is that we we use our fingers. To, to slide them up and down, and we can scroll endlessly through Facebook, scroll endlessly through Pinterest if we want. Um, and it's it's one of the things that's coming back around to standard websites as well. I think uh, I would probably still suggest to people that they look long and hard at their content just because people can scroll mm -hmm. through. Doesn't mean they should. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things where um, if you've got, if you can express yourself in 
a short paragraph, you should still express yourself in a short paragraph instead of a novel. Um, I think just because people can scroll, they still don't have patience. Yeah, it's it's true. The thing about um, the thing about Pinterest is that even though you can scroll endlessly, uh, it's you're getting hit by thousands uh, of different new and, and refreshing images. So um, it's like your 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 attention span is getting hit with a new stimulus every time you scroll, um, which is a little bit different. And I think that um, uh, it's still, uh, you know, whether you're using sort of the grid-type homepage mm -hmm. or a little more traditional or some mixture of both, I think you said something earlier, the idea that you have a hierarchy. You know yeah. what are the most important things mm -hmm. on your website. Right. And it's, I mean, it's even, it's even a great marketing kind of activity for you if you're going through a new website project is to identify what are the most important things in your communication strategy. Um, if you don't know, think about that really as, uh, as just a, an important essential part um, of, your, of your marketing because um, when you work with your website, that, that question is going to be asked and you, and you should be answering it. You know, one of the things, and this, was, this has always been one of my pet peeves, is this idea of um, confusing navigation. Mm -hmm. um, and so whether it's navigating through the home page or navigating through that top bar, um, I think a lot of times business owners, and I'm guilty yeah. of this mm -hmm. myself, uh, my very first website, we had very cute titles. Oh, um, wow. our, our pages were things like create and generate and collaborate. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew that we did right. graphic design or team building sessions because we were just so busy talking to ourselves. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I, I recommend to clients is as you're building out your website, yes, you should play with it, but get some people who are not as close to your business mm -hmm. to play with it and watch how they navigate through mm -hmm. the site yeah. and see if they can find the things you really want them to find. Yeah, it's... Um, it's either a way to stress to, to stress out your friends by having them trial trial run your website, but have someone like you identify something you know exists on your website, and then get one of your friends or your coworkers to uh, to say, okay, I'm thinking of sort of like I'm thinking of something. Um, it's the information or or it's so and so's email address. Can you find it? How long? And then count. How long does it take them to find it? Absolutely. You know, um, if you've got frequently asked questions, if you have um, a section on seminars or products that you're trying to sell, uh, can look at how people navigate because that may tell you what needs to be a call to action on your homepage, what needs to be a... Um, uh, reference on the sidebar, yeah. and what's okay just being in the, the header. Yeah, it's um, and it's honestly okay to repeat a few of those most, if a few of those commonly visited areas. So you, if you think about the navigation bar as the functional tool where um, someone someone can use the navigation bar to get everywhere on your website, it's okay to repeat a couple of those items in the sidebar or the footer because people are going to be looking. Um, for, for some of those other items, especially if it's like in a drop-down box um, or something that, that, might, that might feel a little buried, 
kind of a quick, a quick fix to that might be repeating it in that item in, in a sidebar menu or in a footer somewhere. Walt Disney, when he designed Disneyland, um, really understood the different people move through an experience differently. Yeah. And he was a genius at managing crowds. When you walk into the park, there's mm -hmm. the dancing waters. Mm -hmm. And he knew that a certain number of people would stop and look at the dancing waters and then go on to their first ride. Mm -hmm. And he also knew that others would move right past it and get to the ride. Mm -hmm. And he mapped out several different logical paths through the park. Yeah. And that actually allowed him to appeal to people with different senses, with, who wanted to experience it differently, and also manage his crowds. In a way, your website is like Disneyland. Yeah. And like so that. you kind of have to have that same strategy that some people are going to reach for a picture, mm -hmm. some are going to go right to the navigation. Right. And I think um, so the, 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 those functional navigation bars will, ne will really never go away. You should always have a really well-organized navigation bar. Um, but the trends that we've talked about about pictures, um, people are be we're, we're being trained to look for pictures, um, and so those that that's also uh, I think going to be a staple of websites uh, going forward is those other large pictures that people use to navigate around your site. Um, the cool thing about pictures is that they can be that, that there's also a persuasive element to pictures. So um, if you've got your navigation bar and you know you know your your contact page is there. You can also use a picture with a picture of gosh, um, a really great smiling face, you or someone in your company. You can use that and really entice people to visit your contact page where they can find your phone number or send you a message. And I'm gonna because we have talked a lot about pictures. Um, I think every business needs to get a camera and mm -hmm. start taking pictures. Oh yeah. Um, that yes, there's a lot of good stock photography, mm -hmm. and we do have to drop back and use it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anything gives a company a more personal touch than than their own photos. Yeah, especially um, if you can start accumulating those. It's it's pretty clear that not every picture you take is gold. That's why you sort of it's that you need you need to keep trying. Uh, sort of uh, get a collection. Um, so that when someone asks you, maybe on a website project, or if you're thinking about working with Facebook at all, you, so that you've got a selection, a sort of archive of pictures, great pictures, and then all the ones that you tried and failed to take, and they didn't quite turn out right. But if you don't take the pictures at all, you're just not, you're not going to have them. So cool. get a camera. And Allison, you had a blog post recently where you talked about what do you do if your business doesn't really have lots of pictures. I think it was after a conversation with Pamela Riley. Come yeah, on. I was talking with Pamela Riley who is a uh, naturopathic practitioner, works with holistic and, and other natural kinds of medicines and she's like, you know, I would love to take more pictures but I don't know what to take more pictures of because my business just isn't visual. And this is something we hear time and again. My business is boring. My business you can't take pictures of. I work in insurance. You can't just watch people sitting at a desk all day underwriting policies. Which I think some of that's okay, seeing the faces behind the company. But what you want to look at is the end result of what you do. What your company really is about are results, right? So what you want to be doing is, if you are Pamela Riley, with permission, ask to take pictures of your patients. 
asked to take pictures of maybe the uh, different supplements that she was prescribing for them. If it's the insurance company, maybe you show the family with the, the tree that crushed their car before and after. Show the event that you volunteered at. Show the end results, perhaps not as much the in-process stuff, which I think is what people think of. Yeah, I think people get hung up a lot on pictures of calculators and piles of paper. Yeah, and it's true. It's, it's, if you're an insurance agent, I really don't, I don't want to see you working. That's as maybe you've got a great cubicle, I, I can care less. <laughs> but what I am interested in is the people you work with, your clients, how are, how do they feel about what you do for them? And, you know? And it's, um, I've been amazed. We've done some interesting websites on what I think are unsexy projects mm -hmm. uh, or products. Yeah. Construction, mm -hmm. um, parking lot striping. Right. I mean, the construction projects, they actually, both of the construction companies that we've been we're working with uh, recently actually have actually have an arch archive of great photos of their, their big machines, which guys all think are cool, um, or their finished project, products, um, beautiful buildings, brand new roads, um, which are great to see as well. Um, or, you know, uh, gosh, who does... We, um, but I, I think um, we're also doing um, a, a church website right mm -hmm. now, and oh, yeah. um, the pictures that we're getting are, they are warm and they're genuine, mm -hmm. and when you, when you get to the website, these are not going to look like cold, um, perfect stock photography. Yeah, if, you, if, you're, um, if you're a church congregation or, or an organization or an association with a lot of people in it, um, it's really true. Not everyone, not everyone in your organization is going to be is going to be a, you know model perfect, um, but that's okay. I would rather see a true picture and really and really see the inside of your congregation or really see the inside of your networking event or uh, or something like that than you know uh, a young businessman holding out his hand in a, in a fake handshake. That's you know I, I'd rather see real people. I want to see you, not Something else. Absolutely. Um, we have just a little bit of time left. How about a couple of mistakes that we that we've seen on websites? Mistakes. I think my one of my pet peeves is when a website, whether it's WordPress or not, installs every little plugin or li every little enhancement, every little bit of enhancement software that they that they learn about. So WordPress has thousands of plugins. You can install all of them. And your website would be really cluttered and really slow because there's just all this extra stuff that you want that you want people to use. I think one of the most common ones are social media connectors. Or let's add 20 social media buttons to the footer of my website or after every page. Um, that's just really kind of unnecessary. I one of the things, and, and I've done it on on our website as well. We cycle through the plugins. We put something in, we try it for a while. Yeah. If it doesn't get used or we don't like the results, mm -hmm. we, we pull it out. And some of the ones that we've eliminated are some of the extra share yeah. this, share that plugins. Yeah, those are there's just sort of a glut of those of those types of things available. Um, and I was honestly, I think uh, I was thinking about this earlier, like. Uh, you, if you give people, if you give people the chance to share your content via Facebook and Twitter and maybe Google Plus as well, 
um, those sort of top three, and that's all you've got, I think you're I think you're going to be okay. I'm going to say that for business to business sites, or LinkedIn. I, I I definitely want LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, I think we get much better um, interaction by going the extra step and putting the content mm -hmm. on those platforms. Yeah. We get much more sharing and conversation from that. Mm -hmm. Now every now and then we do have a really strong post that you will get lots yeah. of social shares from. But there's there's really no. If you if you're blogging, there's really no reason to display upwards of ten, you know all those all of the social networks. You don't just because you have all of them doesn't mean you won. Um, you know I don't your your readers are probably not going to be sharing your stuff for, to or cut or you know an Indian social network unless you're in India. You know so, yeah. so keeping it re relevant definitely important. Um, I think, and this is something that is that kind of cycles back and forth. This is what probably my pet, one of my pet peeves, is um, light text on dark oh, yeah. backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting to see a resurgence yeah. of this. Especially, um, we talked a little bit about Apple and how how fond they are of textures. Quite often, if you're adding it, if you're adding really rich textures to the background of your website. Things are going to start to get dark, or or you know a darker brown, or there's a really popular kind of charcoal gray, um, kind of metallic surface out there, and it's dark. So your text then has to be really light. Um, that's great. However, uh, I think for a lot, especially older readers, that can be difficult to read, or if you're displaying lots of text, lot or lots multiple paragraphs of important information you're going to be blinding people. You really are people, you're going to burn out their eyes. Um, and that's just bad news. It's, um, uh, it, and it's interesting because I've had this conversation with graphic designers, even when I was working mostly in print. Mm -hmm. um, there is something that happens to people's eyes about the age of 40. And mm -hmm. so if your target audience is 25-year-olds, go dark as you want. It's mm -hmm. fine. But if you actually want to sell something to someone um, over the age of 35, you've got to be really careful about your backgrounds and your textures. Right. It uh, come, kind of comes back to if your website is about conveying lots of important information, like you have documents that you really need people to read, um, go. It, it's okay. It's okay if it's plain, black on white, uh, or black on, on, on some kind of light or, or subtle color. Um, if you want people to read it, make it easy for them to read it. Don't make it hard. Um, something else that we're starting to get a lot of calls on right now is a lot of companies were leading edge on web design mm -hmm. eight to nine years ago, mm -hmm. and they're still limping along with those websites. Yeah. If you've got a website that is that old, it's, it's past time. Past time to take, to, to take a second look at it, um, both because your business has, has probably changed at least a little bit. You may have had... Um, different parts of your, your contact information may have changed. Uh, hopefully you've updated that, but maybe you even haven't done that. Um, honestly, I think, what, what would you say is the average lifespan of a website? Um, I think we're seeing such dramatic shifts. I think three years is, mm -hmm. is about the, the time limit. Um, we update ours about every 18 months, which mm -hmm. means 
we're already yeah, <laughs> getting okay. nervous because we're already starting to talk about Roundpeg's next revision. But I think for most companies, about three years, um, the styles really change. Yeah, um, you might, if, if you've ever gone through it through the web design process, you might have asked, Can you, I want that timeless quality to my website. Well, they're really, they're really in, in such a thing. Um, your website might, there's some, there's some styles that really don't go out of style. Um, really simple, very clean, have always been, unless I think in the 90s, simple and clean went out of style for a while. But um, that one's, you know, that if you want timeless, that's closest you're going to get. Otherwise, well, take a look at the new sites and see if you might be interested in, in, in looking at something new. I think the big thing is look at your competitors. Um, look at other products and services your customers buy and ask yourself, do I fit? Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to believe that we went through an hour, uh, yeah. half an hour. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, thank you so much, Peter. Mm -hmm. Allison, thanks again. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you want to learn more about web design, I have two offers for you. First, Roundpeg is running their 10 Tips for a Better Website class on August 23rd. You can find information on our website as well as more articles on our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.